All right, guys, this episode is going to be slightly different. First off, there's no Jada or Kylie. Uh, secondly, this one may run a little long. I am surrounded by preachers. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know how many people just checked out because of <laughs> Welcome to the Impact Defense Podcast. We are dedicated to giving you the information that you need to help keep you safe. Now let's join our hosts, Brian, Jada, and Kylie. Hey, guys, this is future Brian cutting in. Um, what started out as a one sit down has actually turned into a series. So this is actually turning into a four part series on church security. Uh, I hope you guys really enjoy this. I'm not going to lie. This was a very fun time that I had sitting down with these guys. Uh, so I hope you guys also enjoy it. If this is not really applicable to you, there's still a lot of great, great principles, uh, that you might can learn from. All right, guys, back to the show. All right, so in this episode, we're going to be talking about church security teams, safety teams, whatever you want to call them. Uh, I gathered a group of uh, four guys that I am very close to. We are going to go around the table. We're going to start with you just because you have an awesome name. Oh, well, thank and you. And then we'll work our way around and you guys introduce yourselves. I'm Brian Hullett. I pastor Overflow Church in the Midway community, and uh, I'm just happy to be here, man. Thanks for the call, by the way. I appreciate yeah. that. I'm Brandon Wolf, um, Pastor Walberg Baptist Church in the Walberg community, not far from Brian. We're a rock throw. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, same thing. Uh, very thankful that you're doing this and that you're looking out for people and you're trying to inform them and educate them right now. This is awesome. I'm Freddie Moritz. I pastor Faith Baptist Church in Denton. And I'll let you know whether I thank you for this or not. <laughs> <laughs> this might be a terrible <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, my name is Luke Jackson. I'm the lead pastor at Mount Zion Wesleyan Church. The church sizes are different. The The length of time that you've actually had a security team is different. And I want to kind of all these different perspectives. So can you guys, I don't care what order, you don't have to like work around in an order like this, but uh, just chime in. How did your security team get started? Like why did it get started? Like what was the, the thing that said, hey, I think we need this? Thank you. Go ahead. You go ahead? No, no, no. I defer to you. <laughs> no, after you. Yeah. <laughs> See, this is, is so, going to be yeah. the problem. But I think the need is different, too. That's mm-hmm. the thing. Is like every church is set up differently. Mm-hmm. Like you got a different format. you got a different layout of your buildings. You're, you got different ministries operating during your services. So the need's totally different, too. You know, like what works yeah. at my church won't work at somebody else's. True. You know? mm, that's right. Um, and I think that's where it's been for us. Our, ours got started um, a few years ago, uh, after I'd, shortly after I'd come to the pastor there and uh, had a wonderful group of people who came and, and started uh, serving and started getting involved and joining the church and everything and retired police officer and uh, awesome guy and, and it was already kind of on my heart to to sort of start this and, and make sure that our people were safe uh, not just in the event of a worst case scenario that's that's really not the top priority of our safety team although they're there for that but also just to to be that first point of contact for people, to to make sure that nobody's falling in the parking lot at eleven ten and you didn't get to them, you know, mm-hmm. things of that nature. That's why we, we refer to it as a safety team. So for us, it was this guy had it on his heart. He said, you know, hey, we need to we need to look after our people here. We need to make sure that obviously they're protected from worst case events. And and you know, churches we love to pride ourselves on being open. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, we're we're welcoming, and when you welcome, you're going to eventually get people who are there for the wrong reasons. Yep. You know. Um, and some of those wrong reasons are, are really negative. 
I mean, you know, we see worst case scenarios of that. So when we were looking at it for our situation, we were seeing like our buildings, our format, our layout, we were looking at our needs for our congregation and we kind of cultivated after that. So, so this guy and myself, we got together, we did a lot of research, did a lot of looking into things, started doing some trial and error processes along the way. Um, you know, just running with me and him and one other person and just seeing how things were going, where we wouldn't have a need, watching. And it's kind of growing and still growing right now. I mean, we're still navigating. Now we're navigating a different ministry model through COVID and everything. So we've had to make a lot of changes for that. But that's pretty much it. Mm. Ours is still new. We're about six months into it, maybe. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, we're still learning a whole lot, trying to <clears throat> learn the dynamics of each other, make sure we work together as a team and uh, so we're still learning and still growing, and they're still trying to figure their positions and stuff in the church and whether, how best uh, serve in those areas. So we got a lot to go yet. Yeah. Yeah. Likewise, we started ours about 14 years ago, and it was in response to an incline that we saw in which people were uh, entering into churches in order to do harm. Mm-hmm. And uh, 20 years ago, I don't know if it's because media is reporting it now more or not, but it seems like churches were exempt, but we were no longer at that point. And then in addition to that, uh, one of our values is we believe everyone is created and designed and mandated to serve. And this was a great way that we could create an opportunity for primarily our men to feel uh, it, it was a good open door for right. them to feel like this is something that I can contribute. This is a way that I can serve. It's not as invasive. Um, and then also we have a number of ex-military and law enforcement who their skill sets were tailored towards this. God had called them, wired them, and gifted them in a way that they could actually contribute to the health and to the safety of the overall congregation and community. So it just met our kind of checked number of boxes for us in our particular context. Ours kind of started out of tragedy. Um, down in South Carolina, there was that church shooting a few yeah. years ago, yeah. mm-hmm. and uh, we we're we we're eight years old. The, whole, the church is eight years old. So uh, at this time, so we we thought to ourselves earlier on, probably whenever that happened, three or four years ago, um, somebody stood up and said, "You know, we probably should do something about this. What if this happens?" And where we were meeting at before, we were meeting a shopping center because we were just getting started, and there was one way in and one way out, and. Um, we thought to ourselves, you know, we got to have somewhere, so mm-hmm. other, other kind of way in and out, um, especially for people. So we, we occupied three um, storefronts, and they were doors, but they were blocked off. And so I was like, you know, let's create something here. So we had a curtain ha- hanging up, and we could, so we could just rip the curtain down and run out the doors, you know. <laughs> and I was like, you know, what is this? <laughs> and so, uh, so that's, that's kind of how we started is this, you know, uh, similar to, to Brandon and um, we had a guy stand up, it was actually my cousin, he stood up and says, we have to do something about this. Yeah, you know, yeah. what if this happens here? And I think all of us are, whether we want to admit it or not, um, you know, we all think, well, this couldn't happen here. It's always in the back yeah. of our mind, yeah, you know. Sure. I think we had that conversation before, yeah, too. Yeah, And that's, a, that's a, a constant subject on the podcast. Oh, man. When we're talking about because everybody thinks, it can't happen here, it won't happen to me, right. you know, and... It, truth is, random violence happens. That's why it's random. That's, that's right. Exactly. It can. That's the whole point. So that's that's the whole idea of, and it's very biblical to you know protect yourself. You are God's. Right. We are we are the temple of God. Right. Mm. And so in my mindset, I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to 
you know, get the gospel to work for me. But, but you know, for, for me, it's my body's the temple, mm-hmm. and it matters, and the people in our church matter. And so uh, for someone to come in and do harm like that, that's very, we had to think about that. Yeah. So we not only thought about that way, but also in a way of um, our safety team consists of, I guess you would call security. I guess that there's a better name for it, but there's also the medical side of yeah, it where right. um, we're very, very, I guess, aware that there's a medical emergencies and other type of emergencies. So we had to, we had to be well-versed, just like everybody here <coughs> is very well-versed in both of those sides right. of things. So that's kind of how it started. So ours, unfortunately, ours started out of tragedy. So yeah. we were like, oh, man, this is terrible. What if this happens here? Well, it made us start questioning. So I think that's where uh, negatives turns into positives yeah. on, on our side of things. I think between that shooting and then the one in Texas, yeah, right? yeah. that was yeah. two things that I, yeah. I've, I've talked to several churches since those times. And those yep. two things were things that people bring up that says, hey, we need to start a security team. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've helped several churches start a security team since that time. Right. Uh, they've brought me in to kind of help get things set up and up and rolling or, or train something they've already got up and rolling. Um, so, and it's a lot of it that kind of goes back to those two incidences. I think the, um, the statistic that I saw and the research that I've done and by research, I mean one Google search. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, 91 people have died in churches since 2012, according to wow. Google. <laughs> so, and so that's, no one should die from, from a gunman or any kind yeah. of violence inside God's house. Right. Yeah. And that's just, that's just kind of where I stand with that. It's just terrible. Yeah, we've kind of approached it the same way. We've we've had the mindset that like, you know, I mean, Scripture says that that believers will suffer for their faith, mm-hmm. for their for their stance for Christ. And so there is that we we understand that. But to willingly put my own family into that path is not my responsibility. My responsibility as a dad, as a husband, is to protect my wife and kids. That's my primary role as a, as a, as a father and husband. And so it's the same kind of mentality in a church like to shepherd we're, we're assuming it's like i talked to one of my buddies who's a pastor also and we were talking about the same thing and we're we're treating everybody who comes to that church like you were planning on going to lunch on sunday mm-hmm. so our job is to make sure that at the end of the day with the safety team at least that you do get to lunch That's you know within yeah. our power and we understand you can't you know prepare for every contingency and we understand bad people if they really want to do bad things they could probably pull it off we we understand that but there, there's still that level of faith, but also preparedness. And like you said, it's biblical. I mean, yeah. you know, um, the psalm that says, "You train my fingers for war." I mean, you know, that's that's a that's a true statement. There's true. a there's a defensiveness that we need to have toward our people. Um, obviously, not an offensive nature, and we still want to be welcoming. And and you know, we see the gospel change hearts all the time. Um, but still, those people who came were intended on doing something after church. We want to try to make sure that they get to do that. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And I think that's our responsibility, as you mentioned, uh, as a shepherd. You know, a shepherd had two primary tools, you know, a crook exactly. to rescue, but also a mallet to, to bash the when club. necessary. Right, that's exactly. right. And to an extent, the security team is an extension of, of those shepherding responsibilities. Yeah. I remind, I meet with our uh, security team every morning, or every Sunday morning, and I always remind them, you are ambassadors. Your first responsibility is an extension of the welcome team. When people see you, they don't associate you necessarily as a security right. uh, team. Right. They associate you as a someone who is welcoming them. First point of contact. That's it, first right. point of contact. Because they're out on the golf carts, uh, you know, in the parking lot area, but they're mm-hmm. also stationed at, you know, large traffic areas. So for a visitor... 
to say that the security team is their first point of contact is a very accurate assessment and statement. Mm -hmm. And their primary responsibility is to be a shepherd extension welcoming That's and right. loving. Right. Um, really they're nice until they no longer can be. Right. You know, so. And with the right people in place That's in right. that, too, you also see that they can... And this is where I think it's, you'll probably ask this, but it's you've got to be selective. Like you can't, you can't form this as some sort of committee that anybody can volunteer for. That's right. You have to be so selective and prayerful and, and seek wisdom and guidance from other other believers. You know, law enforcement, all that. Um, those people have those two eyes. Yeah. You know, so they have one eye that's always on the defensive posture, but they have one eye that's always on that I'm an ambassador for Christ and I'm welcoming this person in the name of Jesus. You that's know, it. and so and sometimes those two eyes. For lack of a better term, they, they they focus on the same person and they see okay yeah. now we got a situation. But you have people who can do that because the majority of the time something doesn't happen. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so what you don't want to have is a you know like an armed security patrol walking around with <laughs> that's right you know all yeah. these different tools hanging out mask. tactical <laughs> gear, right? yeah yeah the helmet night yeah. vision for yeah. your Sunday evening services or whatever you know what I mean like yeah. you don't want the ghillie suit guy out in the yeah. in the grass that's you know right. I mean right. you want people who like you What's said that? you want them to welcome people in the name of Jesus yeah. and you want them to help people visitors you know yes. to navigate your facility but also in that they're they're always keeping that watchful eye that's right yeah. That's so smart. Yeah. I think Brandon was right. You know, situational awareness. That's something we talk about all the time. Uh, So just be very alert and aware and respond appropriately to the circumstances and situation that presents itself. So We never, you you were talking about the selective process. Mm -hmm. We we never say from from on platform, hey, we're looking for safety people. We (laughs) never do that. Our guy actually kind (laughs) of. Gets to know people. Yeah. Hey, oh, you're yeah. you're a cop. Okay, yeah, that's good. How do you think about this? And you know, we let them choose, but we approach that person. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, it's very, very. Yeah, you don't want to get up there and go, "Hey, anybody want to shoot some guns?" <laughs> that's right. I got the gun with them. You know, edit that part out. <laughs> <laughs> it's like no, nobody, nobody wants to to do that. You know. Yeah. So what we want to do is is be very, very careful on who we ask. To join the team, yeah, yes, very selective. Yep. Very, yeah. Um, okay, when when you guys were getting your team started, like, how did you did? And I know you guys kind of touched on it a little bit, but is it something that you like reached out there and said, "Hey, to somebody that I need to help getting this thing started," or did somebody approach you, or how did that kind of form for you guys? Like, if, if a church is looking to get, I don't know, you know, we've got listeners actually in several different countries. We've got listeners all across the United States. Um, so, like, everything's going to be different for people. But if somebody's in a church and they're like, I think we need it, or if there's a pastor somewhere that listens to it and says, I think our church needs it, how would you guys suggest getting it started? How did it work for you? You know, that kind of stuff. The first thing that we did was reach out to law enforcement, like mm-hmm. the yeah. the sheriff's department. Yeah. yeah. Um, and say, okay, what's the best way to do this on your level? What If we had to call you guys, what would you want to hear from us? And um, so Richie Simmons came in yep. to, to our mm-hmm. church, who is a local sheriff here in this county. <laughs> um, for all you Filipinos out there, don't know. <laughs> uh, but anyway, <laughs> you said other countries. <laughs> there is. I was actually kind of shocked when I looked at the analytics. <laughs> it was like, holy crap, there's like 29 different countries that listen to our podcast. What That's pretty cool. Um, so, so we just reached out to, to law enforcement and said, what, what would this look like for, for you if we had to call you? And so he came in and taught a whole thing. Yeah. And that was just, I mean, a huge foundation for us. And from there, we've reached out to other, you know, 
places to say, okay, how about some training medically? How about some training defensively and things like that? So we've built it like that. Yeah. As far as building the team, again, you know, we, we identified people who maybe, like Pastor Luke said, these are people who God's created for this, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, and God sent them into our congregation for this. Mm-hmm. And so we kind of begin to pray about that and say, okay, who, who is it? It's definitely not this guy. You know, it's yeah. like, you know, you better not do that. But uh, surprisingly, we have a lot of ladies who are very good shots and very <laughs> and very good at... It's uh, embarrassing, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, because you're <laughs> not... Yeah, definitely. Me. Yeah, every time. Yeah. And so, and so it's, it's one of these things where you wouldn't expect, you know, a, a five-foot-three lady to be on the safety team, but she is. Yeah, you know, that's so, your ace in the hole. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I mean, yeah, so we've got the same thing. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. It's good. Yeah, for us, I guess it was, you know, we started by looking at the, again, the whole world around us and, and just kind of having to come to terms with saying, okay, it can happen here. We don't yeah. want it to, but it could. There's nothing that says it won't. And so from that point on, it was like, what is our need? And we did sort of the same thing with the reach out to local local law enforcement and, and getting their input. Same kind of idea. Like, what would you want to know if this were to happen on our property? What would you want to have in place when you arrived mm. and so we and again for us it was again a lot of providence too um because i think it was involved with a lot of prayer because we were really thinking that okay we don't want to do this by just going around and saying you know you look like you're carrying you want to guard us mm. you know uh, that that's definitely not the right mentality to have you know um he's carrying on the outside it's a revolver outside he's, got a, he's got a six inch 357 you know and, his, yeah. his nickname's dirty hair right, right. <laughs> yeah yeah, and he said, "Do you feel lucky?" Anyway, so um, yeah, it was it was like really selective, but it was also seeing that from somebody else's eyes and realizing that me as a as a pastor and as a human being with with no law enforcement training, you know, um, good friends in military, but no military training either, that I'm not equipped to make all those decisions myself too. So it was a lot of humility on my part, um, which really wasn't that that time. It wasn't hard. It's hard at other times, right, guys? Yeah, but at right. that time, it really wasn't hard because this wasn't about me. Uh, this was really about, you know, I think we all get into the pulpit realizing people won't like us sometimes sure. because of what we say, you know. So it really wasn't about me, but it was thinking about, you know, how could we have that on our conscience with our kids, our, oh, our elderly, our families, anybody who darkens the door of our church. And so uh, it was really reaching out to those people who knew more about this and who you also trusted on a spiritual level. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you really want to be selective on that. You know, you really want to be selective on who you ask these questions yeah, because – you want both sides to come in. You want the same kind of heart that God shows. I mean, mm. yeah, this, the same shepherd heart, like you said, Pastor Luke. Yep. This exact same thing. So it was that way for us. And then, of course, God's providence lined it up for the right people to come. And we just started taking our time, looking at things, seeing the lack, seeing the need. Yeah, and we kind of went from there. That's really good. Yeah, for us, we uh, we had a number of law enforcement that – we really leaned on and we contacted uh, the sheriff's department. We contacted the fire department, uh, mm-hmm. you know, all of those agencies to kind of inform. And then from there, uh, I guess what preceded all of that was a vision, what we wanted it right. to look like, what we wanted it to happen. And then we spent probably a year creating a playbook that we still, you know, get instruction from. We still lean on, we still use as a filtering system. But in between that time, we also we spent a tremendous amount of time communicating to our congregation. Mm. Uh, as Americans, people do not like change. We reject it by our very nature right. and by and it's in our DNA. Mm-hmm. So 
when we first started uh, the security team, we faced some pushback about why do we need this and what is going to be required and are you going to be checking ID at the door and are they carrying you know firearms and so we spent a lot of time months communicating to our congregation what this was going to look like mm-hmm. and then it was even perceived at the very beginning that it was the pastor's personal bodyguards mm-hmm. yeah, and so yeah, we had yeah. to spend a lot of time nothing could be further from the truth yeah that's it yeah, that's it, it. So, yeah uh, so there was almost even an arrogance perceived on behalf of the staff of why do you need this you know and <laughs> why do you need this? why do you need <laughs> that's this? what and it is right? to yeah. try to communicate yeah. this is and the way that we did that was we really began to talk a lot about our children's ministry right. and about Absolutely. our right. responsibility to protect and because no one's going to fight up against that. Yeah. And one of the things that we faced the most resistance about was our children's ministry. We moved all of our children downstairs to a central wing. And because of that, we stopped allowing adults to exit out of certain doors mm. uh, that they had been exiting out of for 30, 40, <laughs> since before you exactly. were born, Pastor Luke. And right. Change. We Change. even had, no joke, we had a boycott one time, which one of our Sunday school classes lined up and in defiance and petition and they all lined up and walked out of the door that they were not they knew they were not supposed to walk <laughs> wow. out of just wow. to simply say you can't tell us what to do yeah. so it was we were redefining cultural expectation which was the most difficult part it wasn't recruiting it wasn't training it wasn't communicating it was creating a culture wow. and that took us well we're still doing that yeah. honestly mm-hmm. we're yeah. still doing that I, I honestly think the fact that you know that's been going on for 14 years. Yeah. Uh, I think we probably had more pushback because it wasn't as a common thing then. Now it's becoming a lot more common yeah. for churches. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I remember, <laughs> I remember that. And, oh, and we yeah. got several comments and stuff like that. So I those are on things the security that, uh, team. Yeah. Uh, like definitely don't, don't get too proactive and like preach on humility right before that. That's right. That's right. I mean, like you said, it's not just a one message kind of thing. It's you're, you're changing a culture yes. and you realize you have to realize. And I think this is something that we probably all share. We, there's a lot of people out there, especially pastors sometimes can have this kind of us versus them mentality with their congregation. Yeah. Mm. They kind of feel like I'm God's man and I'm supposed to take you this way. And, and so you've got to follow and they forget that a shepherd would come alongside of their sheep and, and you know, heal their wounds and, and, and spend time with them. And so we need to do that, too. We, you have to be involved with your people yeah. to let them see your heart and realize that change is a very hard thing for all of us and especially for churches sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so you have to kind of you have to be willing to get down and, and dirty with them. You know, you have yeah. to be able to get there and hear why they're concerned, because a lot of times these. These people who resist, they feel like they're not being heard. Yep. And so you have to really spend some time. This is not something you can just start tomorrow, mm. you know, and have armed security. I mean, if you can, if you're in that place, I guess then that's, hey, like, praise the Lord, all the hard work's done for you. But, you know, for the rest of us in, in real life, in real church, you're having to really work with these people and, and you're, you're having to win them over, yeah. you know, because you know this is something that needs to be done. And, and so you have to find out what works for your church. Like where would the where would like you said with the children's ministry? That's the first place a lot of people would say, "Oh yeah, hey, take care of our kids." Absolutely. It could be something as simple as starting a check-in sheet. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people in in churches, even the way ours is laid out, we realized we had no control over who picked up our kids. Mm-hmm. And so when we started implementing a check-in and a sign-out sheet and things like that, and we started giving out, you know, tags and things of that nature, people started really appreciating that. 
because it was you know two extra seconds of their day yeah. but at the end of the day they realized oh wow I'm the only person who can come pick up my kid now yeah you know and it was little things like that that was creating like you said that culture I mean yeah. that's that's a huge word I think and it created that culture to say okay we're, we're protecting our kids you know we want to make sure that nothing happens we started it at vacation Bible school because we had some some situations we had to address there and uh, it's, it's the culture yeah yeah so yes, that's where I think that. So I think that the first step is to create a compelling vision, and then a strategy to to achieve that preferred future uh, or that desired outcome, and then that will affect the culture because we all know that culture will eat vision for breakfast right. every single day. Every day. Yeah. And uh, it's patience, and as you talked about, it's it's just effective communication, and it's empathy. It's explaining to people why we do what we do. So transparency is a huge part of that. And uh, and then just, just being faithful. You know, uh, obedience in the same direction over a long period of time will eventually help you achieve those goals. That's good. Yeah. So We've never done that before. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. exactly. Right. That's, That's the common. That's, yep. And, and I really started um, several years before we ever actually got a security team started. Uh, and Bible school was one of the big things mm-hmm. uh, because we had people that would come and pick up children. We didn't have a clue who they were. And then uh, we, I said, no, sir, we're, we're not going to do that. You're going to put down on this piece of paper who is allowed to come and pick up that child. If the, that person doesn't come, they either have to call us and say this person's allowed to come and get us, get my child or child doesn't go anywhere mm-hmm. until we contact that parent mm-hmm. and uh so it you know resistant to change people didn't, didn't like that i don't care it's your child we're protecting your child right and uh so we had that going on probably as security four or five years before we ever started the security team yeah and then um, um for doing it for the church it was resisted because we've never needed one before, why do we need one now? You know, we don't need that. We don't need that. Happening. We're a small church. Something like that's not going to happen. Gonna in a small church. church. We know everybody yeah. here. Yeah. We know. Yeah. 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 And then those church shootings that you were talking about yeah. started changing people's minds. That's right. Yeah. And then they said, you know what? Maybe we need to do something. Yeah. And uh, so the only thing I was told when they come mm-hmm. around and said, yeah, let's let's do this. Uh, I'm okay with it. The only thing I was told is I don't want to see a gun. I don't care who carries. I just don't see a gun. Yeah. So, and then I, I looked, uh, I don't have the privilege of having uh, law enforcement at the church. Mm-hmm. So I started looking. We have several uh, ex and retired military at the church. And I started going to them. That's really And I good. said, okay, what do we need to do here? Yep. Uh, and how would how we get that started? Right. And that's who I've got leading the team right now is an ex military guy. Right, good. So I think we all awesome. know that, you know, biblically, the church is under attack anyway. And that's, that's not a new concept. That's a that's a concept that is age old. That's a spiritual battle from that's, day that's one. Age yeah. old, and yeah. so this is just a new. It's, it's a new form of the same thing. Yeah, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying. It's, yeah. it's nothing new under the sun. The Bible says. Yeah, and and for us, it's one of these things where, um, you know, people who may be resistant to some sort of safety, some sort of uh, mm-hmm. you know security, whatever you want to call it, um, people who are resistant to that. D- has to be aware that this has been happening for decades. I right. mean, centuries. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, just because someone comes in with a gun, well, that used to be a Roman soldier, mm-hmm. or it used to be a Greek soldier, or, or mm-hmm. whatever it is to come in to take over. It's very, very biblical to, to protect the flock. Very so, cool, Okay, so on that, yeah. 
when you have people that say, but wait a second, you're not, by doing something like this, you're not uh, allowing God to protect us. You're relying on man to protect us and protect this church. Or the thing I hear a lot of times is, wait a second, the Bible said, I, I get this, I said, oh, you're a Christian, right? I said, yeah. I said, okay, but what, what do you do with the thing where Jesus says that, you know, if they slap you on one cheek, turn the other one to them? You know, that's not self-defense. A slap guys? on the cheek is a lot different than a bullet in the head. <laughs> that's, that's my first quote. quote. That, is, that, is, that is my quote to that one, honestly, oh, because, yeah. first of all, we're all interpreters here, so we won't get into the exegetical sure. problems with all of that, but <laughs> let's just go with where people are on that. I mean, um, yeah, okay, exactly right. I think we all have a firm commitment to Psalm 139, all my days are written in your book, mm. right? We, yeah. we, I think we, we preach that way, we live that way, we've experienced COVID together that way. We also wear seatbelts. Uh, we also, if somebody was breaking into our own house, um, which is our first point of ministry, there's no difference Amen. in the New Testament between the home and the church. Yeah. The home is the church, you know, and the church is a home. Mm-hmm. So there's no difference between a certain location, even though we have church buildings, quote unquote, and things like that. Yeah. Somebody broke into somebody's house. My first question is to them, do you just allow them to come in and, and have their way? Yeah. You know, yeah. um, of course not. Of course not. And again, we, we want to exercise faith, you know, but faith also takes action. And so faith is not trusting that God's going to keep us alive forever because that's nowhere found in Scripture. Mm. We're all going to suffer. We're going to get sick. Every one of us is going to die. I mean, yes. that's just, it's, it's batting a thousand on that one. That's so, right. 100% chance. Yeah. yeah. Unless Jesus yeah. comes back. Unless Jesus comes back. <laughs> that's the only way we escape, you know? That's and right. so we, we all are living in a real world with real, real problems, and we're having to sort of address those from the standpoint of how would God want us to take care of people within reason. You know, obviously there, there's, and I think again, it goes back to need. Uh, there's, there's some people who, who think that uh, you got to pat down everybody at the church and have metal detectors and, and passports and things of that nature. Shameless plug. Um, but it's no, it, that's not how you live your life, mm. you know. And we're not called to be Christians for an hour a week. We're called to be Christians everywhere we go. Mm. And so how do we protect within reason, you know, within reason and, and just common sense and sensibilities? How do we do that? but also allow God to, to do his work, you know? Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's, it's God's power, but it's our cooperation mm-hmm. that, you know, 100%. and I think also that we get called up that the primary responsibility of the security team is to eliminate active shooters. For us, the security team, we have divorced parents in which uh, a parent may come who does not have custody mm-hmm. that tries to remove a child from the Great environment. Yep. So we have security that intervene on that. In other words, the security team's primary responsibility is to make sure that no disruption comes in regard to hearing the gospel to mm-hmm. the yes. people who come to hear the gospel. Right. And uh, that may be that someone desperately needs to talk to the pastor right now. You know, whether the right. pastor's on the platform, he's you know, or to remove someone that wants to dominate my time or my attention. Uh, so it's not that the security team's primary responsibility is to eliminate active shooters or potential active shooters. They are multifaceted. Their primary responsibility is to make sure that when people come to church on a Sunday morning that they can hear the gospel of Jesus Amen. Christ. Right. Uh, so whatever that obstacle that needs to be removed from that, that is their responsibility that yeah. day. In yeah. other words, we have never had thankfully never had a active shooter at Mount Zion but we have had many almost weekly instances in which the security team has been a necessity 
um, to to make sure that people can hear the gospel. That's right. I think for us, you know, you were asking about that, and recently my mom had some surgery, and when when the doctor got in there, he found cancer, and he removed it all, and he'd come back out to the waiting room, and he said, you know, you know, we didn't know this was here, but I'm confident that I got it all. And so that's almost like, you know, saying you're putting God in a box when you say, all right, God can only do this. He can only do it this way. He doesn't need a gun. No, God doesn't need a gun or he doesn't need a safety team or what, but he can only do this. But you're not using, you know, God used my, that doctor to save my mom from cancer. Yeah. And so the whole entire thing is like, don't put God in a box when it's talking about the, sh- the, the sheep. And so for us, we uh, we got to jokingly calling our safety team the sheep dogs, mm-hmm. yeah. Because you know, but it's not a joke; it's a real like. It's, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. There's, yeah. So there's there's three different types of people in, in my line of work. We yeah. have we consider three different types of people, uh, and that's everybody fits into sheep, wolves, and sheep dogs. That's mm-hmm. right. That's right. You exactly. know, and you know, wolves and sheep dogs are very very similar. Yep. It's just you know, basically what your focus is and everything. It's perspective uh, is everything. Yes, that's yeah. right. And so. Uh, you can't put God in a box of what he's going to use to protect the flock. I mean, he can use anything. That's, that's kind of my rebuttal, I guess yeah. you'd say, to that. Over Romans, Romans 13 says that, you know, the, the governing powers are given the authority of the sword, you know, and that's a minister of God for good. <coughs> and uh, a sword wasn't used to spank people with, <laughs> yeah. right? I mean, like, no. we, we understand what that means. And, and so we're availing ourselves of what's available in our society, Within reason, because none of us want to cross the line of saying, hey, we don't trust God. Um, we don't know what God's going to do. Yep. You know, we don't know what he's going to do in certain situations like that. But we've been given so much access to to freedom right now and, and to things of that nature that we need to avail ourselves of them. All right, guys, I hope you really enjoyed that. We are going to come back next time talking some more. Um, as you are listening to this, like I said before, even if this is not really applicable to your life. There is still a lot of great principles that we talk about. Uh, And just to be honest with you, uh, it gets really fun at times. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Keep coming back and we'll see you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Impact Defense Podcast. If you would like to learn more about how to keep yourself safe, check out the articles, videos, courses, and seminars at www.impactdefense.online. We also do training for security teams, churches, businesses, groups, and more. Stay sharp, stay focused, and train hard.